Hi, welcome to the second Let the Light In podcast. I'm your host, John Fiedler. Let the Light In is an organization dedicated to the inclusion and well-being of all LGBTQ people who seek a spiritual contemplative path. You can find us on social media by searching for Let the Light In Now. In this episode, we'll discuss seven ways LGBTQ individuals from less than accepting families of origin can survive the holidays while fulfilling their deep desire to return home. The fourth Sunday before Christmas usually marks the beginning of the Advent season and is a time of preparation and reflection. Actually, the word Advent comes from an earlier time in Christianity when Latin was the language of the land. Ancient early writings define Advent as a moment of preparation for the coming. It's meant to be a period of joyful anticipation, a time for internal reflection, and a way for getting our own spiritual lives in order. For many LGBTQ folks, especially younger members of our community, this can be a rough time of year. According to a recent study by the Q Research Institute in Higher Education, over 50% of current LGBTQ college students are still in the closet. Another study out of Boston University found that only 7% of workers aged 18 to 24 are out of the closet in their workplace. With these sort of statistics, it's not a mystery why the holiday season can be a time of stress. It might be helpful for us to remember what Advent means to people of faith who have chosen to walk a spiritual path. During Advent, we're waiting for the birth of love fulfilled. Not in a figurative, imaginary way, but in a real, concrete, tangible manner. We're waiting and preparing for love to enter our lives. It's the most basic and fundamental component of all things. In one way or another, love touches all of creation, especially you and I as gay people of faith. We have to make the conscious decision to let love in, to foster it, to allow it to permeate all of our hurts and joys, to realize that love has the ability to bind up our wounds and give us space and time to heal. We want to feel loved. We want to go home and feel accepted and embraced. We want to belong, especially to our families of origin. We live during this Advent season in hope We hope our parents will take us into their hearts and love us exactly as they find us. We hope that we can return to our history and find love and compassion. We hope that the birth of love will somehow spill out into the hearts of all our family and that it will overflow from them and wash over us and make us part of their intimacy once again. We hope every time we make the trip home, that this time will be the time. My hope for you is that this Christmas will be the first holiday you walk through your family's door and you're swept up in warm, loving, open celebration of who you are and what you have to contribute to the fabric of your family. Hope is an interesting and counterintuitive thing. I think hope is one of the sustaining byproducts of love. We hope for a reality that may not exist now, but has the possibility, however faint, to be a reality at some point in the future. As people of faith, as people who intentionally choose to walk a spiritual path, hope remains forever our companion. At times, 
we get to experience the overwhelming joy of hope fulfilled. Other times, hope remains to carry us forward until we see reconciliation and fulfillment. Hope carries us until we see love fulfilled. Love is already with you and around you. It pours over you like water from all the friends and chosen family you've gathered around your heart as you've moved through life thus far. So what do you do if you want to go home for Christmas and you're not out of the closet or you are out and your family is less than accepting? That's what this podcast wrestles with by presenting seven things that may help you maintain your spiritual center while home for the holidays. This podcast isn't about coming out. It isn't about convincing your family to accept you. This podcast is about what to do once you've made the decision to return to your family of origin for the holidays. It's about how to maintain and survive until you're able to return to your family of choice, where you can be open and free and loved and nurtured. This podcast is about maintaining until you return to your hope fulfilled, until you return to your place of unconditional love. Welcome. For many of us, the holidays can be filled with cheer, warm welcomes from family and friends, nostalgic memory enticers, and plenty of food and parties. For others, particularly LGBTQ individuals, the holidays can be lonely, challenging, and difficult. Many of us find ourselves ostracized from family and friends because of our sexual identity. Add to that the current political climate, a less than understanding family member with very limited filters who is also willing to discuss anything at the dinner table, and the holidays can become even more challenging. How do we respond to the slightly off eggnog tipsy uncle that is adamant we all discuss how gay rights are special rights? Or the not so tipsy teetotaling aunt that insists it's not for her to judge, but God just isn't okay with the deviant lifestyle of the devil worship and homosexuals. I'm not going to try and answer the above scenarios. We all know our own families enough to relate to some aspect of stress during the holiday season. Instead, I'd like to discuss seven ways we can nurture our spiritual lives while being immersed in conflict and stress. If we can manage our own responses and emotions around difficult topics, we might be able to come out of the holiday season with a little more joy and a lot more hope. One of the key things to remember is that it's much easier to manage the period leading up to getting stressed out than it is to manage stress itself. You are in control. It may not always feel like it, but during family gatherings, try to tell yourself as often as possible that you are responsible for yourself before anything else. This isn't intended as a selfish act. Self-care makes it possible for us to effectively share with and care for others. We are, to a large extent, social creatures, even us introverts. We want to be accepted and loved for exactly who we are. We want to belong to family. We want to be home and welcomed. We desire this so much then when we don't feel this from our family of origin, we seek out and create new social circles and nurture friendships that rise to the level of family and all that emotionally entails. That being said, there's still the undeniable desire to be accepted by our family of origin. Buddhist monk and peace activist Thich Nhat Hanh said of family, 
If you look deeply into the palm of your hand, you will see your parents and all generations of your ancestors. All of them are alive in this moment. Each is present in your body. You are the continuation of these people. For myself, this statement is poignant and true. I include it here because I want us to understand and internalize the idea that what we desire isn't always what's best for us and that's okay. We're naturally drawn to our origins and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Regardless of how unaccepting our families may be, they are in the end the people who, for better or for worse, raised us, fed us, nurtured us, and hopefully loved us. So don't beat yourself up for wanting to be around them and to share the holidays with them. That's normal. You're normal. Your desire to be fully embraced by your family of origin is completely and unabashedly normal. I would like to offer a slight caveat to this. If you have experienced physical abuse, if you anticipate violence, if you don't feel safe when you're with your biological family, then by all means, don't go home for the holidays. That's your choice to make, no one else's. So, let's see what we can figure out for holiday spiritual survival. Number one, one of the top things we can do is approach the holidays with family agenda-free. Go into it with the personal understanding that you aren't there to change anyone's mind about anything. This isn't the healthiest of places or situations to decide that you're going to convince stubborn, unaccepting family members to fully accept your homosexuality. Actually, the more we can free ourselves of expecting others to accept us, the healthier our self-worth will be. The only person that truly has to accept you is you. You're not going to convince Uncle Bill and Aunt Jane that you're a fully loved and accepted homosexual child of God over the Christmas turkey and ham. This doesn't mean you're compromising who you are. If you can go into it all with no agenda, it speaks more to your own self-acceptance and worth. Remember, we're looking to have as pleasant a holiday as possible. Conversations around acceptance and understanding of your sexuality are much better saved for small group or one-on-one -on -one conversations. You'll have a bigger impact that way. Number two, phone a friend. Have a trusted friend you can communicate with that's as detached from your family as possible. They can be your lifeline if things start to get tense or if your inner calm and resolve is challenged. The reason it's a good idea to choose someone far removed from your family is that that person is going to help you come back to your center. They're going to be the voice of reason that reminds you that you're not there to win battles or change minds. They're going to be the voice that helps draw you back to calmness and centeredness. A friend unfamiliar with your family is less likely to get wrapped up in family drama when you express concern or frustration. They don't know Uncle Bill or Aunt Jane. Their only concern is helping you remember that you're loved and valued just as you are. They're there to remind you that your spiritual life affords you the comfort of self-acceptance and to tell you that you're free of the judgments and expectations of others. Choose a good friend. Number three. The third item almost goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. Do not, under any circumstances, argue about politics or religion. This goes back to my earlier comment about not being there to convince or convert anyone. This is a big one. 
just don't do it. And if drunk uncle or fundamentalist aunt corner you, just be honest and say, I'm sorry, but I'm not comfortable discussing politics or religion right now. We can always visit after the holidays if you'd like. If this doesn't work, just walk away. Remember, you're in charge of you. Unless you're a minor, you're free to leave, take a break in a quiet space, go for a walk, find somewhere to meditate, or sit quietly. Remember, those who insist on being aggressive over politics and religion are usually trying to work out their own issues and are looking for someone they can bully or coax into an argument. Resist. Number four, the perfect family holiday is a myth. Realize this before you arrive and keep your own expectations reasonable. By this time, you've been through a few of your family's holidays. You know what to expect. Take off those rose-colored glasses and gaze back at Christmas past. More than likely, it will be a repeat. I'm not discounting the internal conversion process of any human. Over time, we all change. You'll be able to tell the relatives that have reached a certain level of self-acceptance as they'll be the ones that are as non-confrontational as you. Their strength, like yours, comes from a nurtured internal spiritual life. We may not be able to control our surroundings, but we can, to an extent, control our responses to our surroundings. Number five, take breaks. When things seem like they're too much to handle, or you're feeling as if you're losing your ability to manage your own emotions and responses, take a little time away. For me, when I'm at family reunions or home for the holidays, I simply slip away to my parents' bedroom and take a little nap. I'll usually rest for 30 minutes to an hour and come back refreshed and ready to engage. It's just a little break from the constant noise and having to always be on. For others, taking a break can mean the difference between a sane, safe holiday and a tension-filled, I don't ever want to see you people again holiday. If a nap isn't possible, take a walk, go for a drive, sit on the porch, basically find somewhere to just be. Number six, if you're not out of the closet yet, now it's probably not the time to pop out. I would never advise anyone to stay in the closet. It's a dark and lonely place and we spent too much time there as it is. But announcing you're gay at the Christmas dinner table is not the best option for surviving the holidays. And remember, that's what the goal is to get through the holidays with family in the most enjoyable, pleasant way possible. Besides, if you blurt out you're a homosexual and grandma drops the stuffing, that's it. No stuffing. And what's Christmas dinner without stuffing? When large groups of family get together, there's inevitably going to be a few things said that you and many others may not agree with. Try your hardest to ignore them. Save your response when you're with friends or your partner and then vent like you've never vented before. By then, some time has passed and you can say all the witty things we always come up with after the fact. Your friends and partner will think you're brilliant. Number seven, the last thing I'd like to talk about is compassion. Have compassion for yourself and where you are. And have compassion for your family and where some of them may be as they navigate their own complicated lives. You've struggled with who you are for a long time. You know what it means to be rejected, confused, unloved, and what it means to have a little self-loathing. You've worked hard to overcome this. Look at your family. To an extent, you know their lives. You know their struggles and their joys. The healthiest thing you can do is to accept where they are 
and accept where you are. It doesn't mean you agree with them or that you should take on their judgments of who you are, but it does mean that you're focusing on your own well-being and growth while letting them carry their own baggage. When we encounter our families, like Thich Nhat Hanh said, it's more than just an interaction with the person standing in front of us. We are, on a very fundamental level, encountering their parents and their parents' parents. We are encountering potential issues that have been going on for generations. This is especially important to remember if you come from a family that has issues around abuse, addiction, violence, emotional trauma, or any number of issues you may know nothing of. This doesn't excuse Uncle Whoever for being hurtful, but it might ease your pain and discomfort a bit if you remember where he came from and what his experiences with family might be. Sometimes you may have more in common than you think. There's just too much pain in the way for you to have a healthy, meaningful relationship. You get to go home soon where you can be exactly who you want to be, free of family judgment and criticism. A lot of your family won't have this luxury. Understand, remember your own history, and be as loving and compassionate as you can. So, let's summarize these seven ways I think might help you have a more pleasant, survivable, enjoyable holiday experience. Number one, no agenda. You're not home for the holidays to change hearts and minds. Number two, phone a friend. Step away and reconnect with a friend or partner or call just to calm down, recenter, and move forward. Number three, no politics and no religion. These are not safe topics for a visit home for the holidays. Number four, maintain reasonable expectations. A picture-perfect holiday is just that, a picture. It's not reality. Number five, take breaks. Find that quiet space when you first arrive and use it. Number six, don't use the holidays as your coming out platform. You don't want to be stuck there if it doesn't go well. Besides, that's an intimate conversation best shared one-on-one or in small groups, especially with family. Number seven, be compassionate to yourself and to your family. You all come from the same place, baggage and all. You just may be a little further down the recovery road than some of them are, and that's okay. Ultimately, the choice to go home to your family of origin is 100% yours. If you do decide to go home, be aware of your emotions and triggers, take care of yourself, and remember that you are loved. If you do find yourself alone and lonely, or with family and friends but feeling depressed, and you can't phone a friend or confide in anyone, then please call the GLBT National Help Center hotline. They're there to provide us with free, confidential peer support. Their stated mission is utilizing a diverse group of LGBT volunteers. We operate three national hotlines, the LGBT National Hotline, the LGBT National Youth Talk Line, and the SAGE LGBT Elder Hotline, as well as private volunteer one-on-one online chat that helps both youth and adults with coming out issues safer sex information, school bullying, family concerns, relationship problems, and a lot more. They also maintain the largest collection of resources for the LGB community in the United States, with 15,000 local resources for cities and towns across the country. So reach out. 
You're loved, but sometimes we need to hear it. Below this podcast in the notes and description, you'll find numbers for the LGBT National Youth Talk Line, the LGBT National Hotline, and also the web address for the GLBT National Help Center. Please, if you need, prevail yourself upon these resources. They're there to help you and they're there to listen. My hope and prayer for you is that this holiday season, you may find a way to let the light into your life just a little bit more. You and your family are the product of a loving and accepting God. So be loving and accepting to yourself. This is John Fiedler, and remember to always let the light in.